impressive and rich research record. When it comes to SRH itself, we can definitely give a pretty good account of ourselves. Michael Shattuck, who's here with us today, has made a significant contribution to our history with his study of the Society's first 25 years, which is published here on your seats for the first time today. And SRH itself in 2015, we can certainly point to all manner of activities, events, conferences, publications. We can cite significant investment in research funds and capacity building and sustained support for what is now a worldwide community of researchers. And doing all this in ways which we are assured by those who engage with us is relevant and valued. It's also worth noting in passing that those engaged with us extends way beyond the core and valued um, membership of the society. We fully recognise that in a modern world, and especially for Generation X and Generation Y, and no doubt Generation Z, if we get there, or perhaps I've missed it and we're there already, but no society membership holds any real great attraction. And we're very conscious of that. People are not just young people, belong to many different tribes and dip in and out according to need, interest and circumstance. And we're entirely comfortable with this. It keeps us sharp, it keeps us keen, it keeps us relevant. And our business plan is set up to support this fluidity. With rapidly growing cross-disciplinary engagement with our research agenda and burgeoning international partnerships, our community has highly permeable edges. We may have 80 plus subscribing members, but we have over 8,000 in a community that with a click of a mouse we can communicate with with any one moment in time. All these things are very important aspects of being a successful and purposeful learned society in a modern world. But arguably, I think, the most important element of all is our autonomy. In an environment of markets and league tables, of intense competition for resources, of powerful political and economic influences, we do remain an entirely disinterested voice able to share knowledge and expertise without fear or favour. And there I think we found something that was entirely worth celebrating and certainly something worth investing in for the next 50 years. I'm not a great one for borrowing the words of others or searching for apt quotes, but amongst many of the other people for whom 2015 also marks an anniversary year is an occasioning, in fact, a very good new biography is the Irish poet W.B. Yeats, born 100 years before SRHE in 1865. And hardly any higher education conference, certainly uh, a couple of decades ago, ever passed without someone referencing the lines attributed to him. Education is not fulfilling the pale, but the lighting of the fire. Now, unfortunately, contemporary research, and particularly in this new biography, suggests that there's no actual evidence for this attribution. Not, of course, that the lack of research evidence is a particular barrier, particularly in some of the political policy discourses on higher education. And I think for the Twitter sphere, that is a proper use of irony, unlike some of the other improper uses of irony that have been much in the press recently. Um, it is our hope today that um, we may ignite some fires ourselves, that we will cast some light on the pathways ahead for research into higher education. We thank you all very much for joining us today for this exploration. We really, you know how SRHE feels. We hope you have a really enjoyable and interesting day. And most especially, we hope that you will join us for the truly celebratory event at the end of the day when we go across the road to the House of Lords. And I now invite Professor Jill Jameson, who is the chair of the Society and the chair of this first part of today's colloquium, to say a few words and to introduce our keynote speaker, Simon Mardison. Thank you, Jill.
Thank you very much, Helen, for a most interesting opening speech. And colleagues, good morning. It's my great pleasure to welcome you here today, as Helen has said, to join us in remembering 50 years of research into higher education. A warm welcome on actually, what was, I think it's quite a muggy day actually, but uh, in London, but in, in other words, um, a warm day for us to celebrate and to remember and to reflect together. And you are very much thanked for finding time to be here. We invite you to join in and to debate in these proceedings together what it means in terms of higher education in our research and the ways in which that has been carried forward. I wanted just to take a moment, though, just to reflect and to thank all of those who've come together to bring about today, not only all of those for 50 years who have done that research into higher education and in some cases done that quietly on their own, not necessarily recognized, in other cases celebrated, remarked upon, debated, discussed. I wanted to thank in particular, I know we don't normally start with thanks, but if you wouldn't mind my just doing so, I wanted to thank the SRHE team for the extraordinary work that they have done over many months to bring this together. So today, we are looking back to look forward. We're here not only to remember and to celebrate, but also to debate, to critique, to investigate, and to query the significance of those 50 years of research. What does it mean? And in terms of looking forward to the future, I'd remind us of the 1840 remark. I think it was 1840. Again, I had a problem finding, tracking that particular reference. But to Tocqueville said, I think around about that time, when the past no longer illuminates the future, the spirit walks in darkness. So continuing the theme of light in terms of the metaphor that Helen opened up for us very helpfully in the poem by Yeats. We think the quote by Yeats, we're still tracking it. Echoing that theme, and in terms of the remembrance for renewal, Ron Barnett said in 2011 that there was a need to reawaken the spirit of the university, since, as Derrida observed, spirit is flame, it needs air to breathe. So what is that breathing? What is that reflection? What is that time that we take to discuss? In his report on the history of the society, the first 25 years, um, Mike Shattuck reminds us of Fulton's comment in 1964 that the Robbins report provided such light in the dark places of the past that few would regard it as tolerable to be without a continuing scrutiny in the future. So in terms of metaphors of light, thinking about not only the illuminating quality but also the scrutiny, the investigation, the critique. Or as the Maori proverb would say, thinking of the future, turn your face toward the sun and the shadows will fall behind you. So in remembering that era, that remarkable era of the awakening of research into higher education, this colloquium airs the spirit of 50 years of shared histories in the scholarship of research inquiry within and into higher education and we look forward to the future. The Society for Research into Higher Education has nurtured and has developed this field of research with this assiduous endeavor, I would say, with extraordinary interest and fervor during 1965 to 2015. We can critique ourselves. We can say there were problems. We could say there were issues that we missed. We could say that there were things that we did not do. 
um, areas where we could have explored more, more success we could have had in terms of policy, in terms of links with others, possibly. We could critique ourselves and do. But I think what's important today is not only to remember, but also to celebrate and to thank. So in that recognition of the work that has been done, we have imagined and we have reimagined higher education, both stratified and massified, within and beyond what we call the university, what we still call the university, what can be called an HEI or a higher education college. What is higher education? That is what we have asked ourselves. We've investigated its students and staff, its learning theories. We have thought through issues to do with quality, to do with research agendas, to do with complexity, with levels of equality, with inequality, most especially we will discuss this morning. And in terms of diversity, we have considered national and global rankings. We have critiqued those, looked at policies, leadership, management, scholarship, identities we have discussed. Some people would say some of these have been discussed ad nauseum. Let's not say that. But to look in terms of academic practices at the significance and the importance of higher education, its aims, its purposes, and its scope. So in that reflection, I think we've been both inspired and also we have argued. We have fought, won, and lost many battles, both scholarly and personal, in this process. Yet always I remind us as a learned society that we return to our main purpose, which is to advance knowledge, to inform policy, and to enhance practice for the purpose of improving the quality of higher education and remembering the selflessness, the trust, and the collegiality that lie amongst the purposes we serve. So in terms of that, I wanted to say, just for myself, it has been an extraordinary achievement, I feel, in terms of the research endeavor that has endured and looks well positioned to continue and expand in the future. So in carrying forward the light of multiple scholarly works that represent those critical, rigorous, and meaningful research debates over the, over the last five decades, I wanted to welcome you today and to join in with the events that the Society is running this year to chart the history of research into higher education. Just before I introduce Simon, I wanted to call us back to Mike Chatter's report and he reminded us that the SRHE was born out of the ferment of the world of British higher education that had been generated by the Robbins Report of 1963. Although there have been many transmutations, there's been much critique, there's been many ups and downs along the way, I wanted to say that that ferment of activity, I think, has never ceased. Long may it continue. Can I introduce, for our opening speech, and thank very much for his kind acceptance of our invitation, Professor Simon Morganson, Professor of Inter International Higher Education at the UCL Institute of Education, University College London. He's going to talk to us about equality of opportunity the first 50 years, and I think a most timely and interesting speech in the light of the many issues being debated around inequality. Simon became an honorary fellow of SRHE at Bristol in 20, uh, 2005, and he was the 2014 Clark Kerr, Clerk, Le, sorry, Clark Kerr lecturer on higher education at the University of California, Berkeley. He comes to us um, particularly at this time in uh, debating issues around higher education, stratification, and inequality 
in the context of higher participation systems and a comparative study of the public good role. What is the public good in terms of higher education in contrasting political cultures? Can I say thank you very much to Simon for being here and to welcome him. <laughs>